the real world, what, what we're lacking is, you know, when's the last time you took a chiro and an acupuncturist and a, you know, a physician and a physical therapist and put them in a room and had a discussion? Welcome, thank you for coming. Hello. Today we are with Dr. Kayla Ham, and she is a physical therapist here in Los Angeles, specifically West Hollywood area. And we've known each other for a little bit, traded back and forth, and <laughs> she's incredible and skilled, and we're lucky to have her. So thank, thank you. you so much for coming in. And can we start just by hearing a little bit about how you practice, your philosophy with physical therapy, and sure. you know, what you like to treat? Awesome. Uh, so what I like to treat, I'll pretty much treat anything. I used to be very much on the sports rehab side, but I found actually the need um, was more on the chronic pain side. Um, so I kind of ended up going that route without actually even planning on it. Um, and I, I actually found that my patient population was much younger than I was expecting in that category. So my average age is around like 32 or so, and I'm in an orthopedic setting. So I treat anything from, you know, frozen shoulder, chronic low back pain, um, you know, post-op issues with like scar tissue adhesion, et cetera. Um, so still, still in and out of the sports world, but actually focusing really on general population right now um, and chronic pain. Um, as far as how long I've been doing it for, I've only been actually practicing for about three years. and my philosophy really has been just to treat people as a whole and a lot of that stems from the clinic i work at which is uh, myodetox we are uh, kind of like a modern approach to physical therapy and our biggest thing is is when someone comes in we're doing a full postural and movement assessment we're not just going towards that that side of pain and, and really focusing in on that which is what I was seeing um, in my experience with other outpatient settings. So philosophy-wise, always treat the patient as a whole. Um, and the other thing is, you know, symptoms don't always equal causation. So for me, just because someone's complaining of pain in one area, it doesn't mean that's the cause of the yeah, pain. That's where the pain is. Yeah. So you have knee pain, it doesn't mean that you had a knee injury right. or that's what's necessarily the source of Going on. Exactly, and that can be a hard concept for you know many of us to wrap our heads around. Yeah. So, well, I think there's a lot of misconceptions. I can relate to this too in my <laughs> industry. As an there's a lot of misconceptions about physical therapy, and I think going to different PTs, you're going to have a different experience. Totally I'm different. Sure you get a lot of patients who are like, "Oh, I've done physical therapy before. I know what that's about. I know what that experience is like." So. Yeah. What are some common misconceptions that you get or you feedback you get from patients and how do you kind of dispel that? Okay, so common misconceptions. Honestly, it's pretty disheartening. Some of the misconceptions that I hear, um, few of them that come to the top of my head is, well, don't physical therapists just like put ice on you and give you some stretches and send you on your way? Okay, so that's a common one I hear. Uh, another one is, well, what's the difference between what you do and a massage therapist? And, you know, those are two very different things and um, very vastly different educational backgrounds. So, you know, these are common um, misconceptions I hear all the time. And for me, it's concerning as a therapist that, um, you know, a lot of people aren't seeking care because they feel like that's what it is, you know 
they don't want to do a couple stretches and put ice on their shoulder. They, they actually want to find out what's wrong with them, what's causing this pain, how to get better. And so that's kind of where we come in and other practices like us as well. And so what makes how you guys assess different? Is that the whole body approach? Is that the postural assessment? Yeah. Um, do you still do ice and ultrasound <laughs> and, you know, like do yeah. those modalities fit into the structure at all? Like how does that work? Okay, that's a good question. Um, as far as, you know, our assessment, what we do is our history is really important. You know, I, I need to know everything about your past, everything about your present, not just when it comes to pain and injury, but what does your lifestyle look like? Are you sitting all day long at a desk? Do you travel once a week for work? Um, are you a CrossFitter uh, like yourself? <laughs> um, or, a, you know, maybe a yogi? Um, so I'm always, I want to know what their lifestyle looks like. I want to know if they're a high stress. Um, I want to know if they've had trauma because all these things play into pain and your perception of pain um, as well as like past injuries. Um, so first, really, really thorough history. Um, you know, figure out, okay, why are you here? What are your goals? You know, we all want to be out of pain, but what, what truly is the goal? Is it to pick up your baby again? And without pain, is it to return to snowboarding? Whatever it is. So that's the first part. Then from there, you know, if someone comes into me with knee pain, rather than just going straight to the knee, which I will eventually, I first want to look at them head to toe because, you know, your, your posture, static and dynamic, can tell me a lot about why are you having knee pain in the first place, right? So if I look at you and your hip is up like this and then your shoulders like this and you're rotated this way, that's gonna change a lot of the force on your knee and that's gonna tell me a lot about your movement patterns. So I look at head to toe posture, I look for any insymmetries, right to left, front to back, and then what I'll do from there is take them through movement, um, more so functionally towards what they do. So squatting, um, you know, if they're a runner, I need to see them run. Um, so that's all just, you know, very, to us, like a general assessment. Mm -hmm. Then from there, I'll go more focal. Okay, you know, if it's the knee, I'll go in there and do all my tests, you know, clear ACL, clear meniscus, all those, all those tests. Um, but that's, that's the biggest difference. Yeah, but you so did you work like large and then start narrowing. Exactly. Focus. Yeah. And that's super important. Um, another thing you asked about is like whether or not we still use ice and heat. Yeah. We personally, we do not at our clinic. However, I have nothing wrong with ice or heat. I just feel that if you can do this at home, I don't need to be wasting your time with that. Cause that's you're one of the things we talked about when yeah. I came to see you. You're like, yeah. well, you know, you're paying for the time to be here. Like you're yeah. paying for my expertise. I want to give you as much education as possible. Right. As much feedback and help as possible. If that's something you can be doing on your own. Yeah. Why are we, you know. Exactly. But it is disheartening. Like you said, like there is, there's a lot of misconceptions out there. And I think some of those misconceptions stem from, I mean, there's a lot of overlap in different practices. Right? Sure. So, yeah. Um, we, you know, as acupuncturists, we have overlap with PTs, with chiros, with massage therapy, mm -hmm. you, same thing. You know, yeah. people are saying, well, you know, I get manipulated by my chiropractor and you're a PT and you do that too. So what overlaps are you seeing with your practice and other modalities? And let's dig in a little to how they're different. Yeah, uh, this is a common, you know, thing that comes up with my clients because I do use a lot of modalities. Like I do do joint manipulation or mobilization. I do use cupping, um, Graston is a technique that physical therapists can use as well, or ASTEM. So 
Um, you know, there is a lot of overlap and, you know, I think educating clients on the difference between uh, the approach is really important. So, you know, my version of cupping is not going to be the same as, you know, maybe uh, acupuncturist, right. right? So we do, um, we typically do dry cupping with a suction, so we don't do fire cupping or wet cupping. Um, we also oftentimes do it with movement. So you're actually moving uh, through uh, certain ranges of motion. So, so that's very different than what you would see in, a, in another setting. Um, as far as manipulations go, if there's something uh, pretty, pretty simple, or, or I don't even wanna say simple, but um, straightforward, I'll go ahead and manip like the thoracic spine or the ankle um, to facilitate more range of motion. Now, if it's something that may be outside of my scope, say a severe scoliosis, I'm not gonna do those manipulations. I want them to go see a chiropractor because they're gonna have a better understanding of the spine mm -hmm. than I do. Um, so that's actually why we have a chiropractor in our clinic because yeah. we, we wanna feed off each other and there are things that he does very well that I cannot do. Um, and then a, you know, a f topic that's been brought up to me a lot lately is, is dry needling versus acupuncture. So you know, in California, we, we are not allowed to do dry needling. Um, where I went to school in Arizona, therapists use dry needling very often and I've had it done on me and it works incredibly and I, th I think you've had it done yeah, too. No, it's and so I want I want us to kind of dispel those myths like the cupping thing absolutely mm -hmm. it's used differently. Yeah, I've done the same type of cupping that you would do but traditionally we're going to do a lot more moving cupping. Right. We're going to be focused um, less on this specific you know uh, musculoskeletal issue. We're not like looking at the tendon attachment here. We're looking for okay along these lines, how are we going to improve circulation? How are we going to decrease pain? We might use cupping for a cold, which right. is not something that a physical therapist would do. No. So it is very different with like Graston tools. We, you know, use Gua Sha, which is a scraping technique mm -hmm. as well. You might get a lot of the same result, but you know, Kairos had developed and branded Graston technique, right. um, which does involve a lot more movement than you would generally get in a traditional Gua Sha. Yeah. So um, dry needling is absolutely in the acupuncture scope of practice. We have different terminology for it. It's called ashi points. Right. Um, and so you, I'd, I'd like you to explain dry needling from a physical therapist perspective, okay. what your goal is and why it's beneficial to a PT treatment. Yeah. So, so in the physical therapy world, dry needling is, is actually really effective. So it's the only thing that we can actually use in states that it's legal right. to create um, a release from an actual trigger point or a band of fibers that's like super, super taut. So, you know, I can spend all day long going in there, soft tissue, cupping, but the actual response of the twitch is, is what makes dry needling effective. So dry needling, you know, we would find a trigger point you put the needle in there and it's actually not in there for a long period of time. It's pretty short. You wait for that twitch, take it out. Um, there are other methods, but I'm gonna keep it really simple. Yeah. That twitch then creates like a dumping of those inflammatory cells, which allows that, that trigger point to actually relax and to actually complete its healing cycle. Because all that is, all these, these trigger points or these bands of tissue, these are just chronic areas that they need some sort of chemical change in order to actually release. So, you know, in our world, we could use it for acute injuries. 
Oftentimes it's more so on the chronic side, um, but I've had it for knee pain, I've done it for um, back uh, strains on myself, and it works in, you know, amazing. So for us, it's, it's a great modality because it, it actually gets to a result much faster than if I was just to sit there and work on this area right. for a long period of time. Um, well, I think that's the area to really focus on because there have been a lot of states that have tried to fight physical therapists, chiropractors mm -hmm. um, from coming in and be able, you know, being able to dry needle. Right. And yes, dry needling is acupuncture. We're taught how to do it, but the bottom line is it works. Right. You know, there's a reason yeah. that PTs won't be able to <laughs> yeah. do it because it's effective. Yeah. So if we were to really focus on well, great, this is another group of healthcare practitioners who are saying, yeah, acupuncture works. Like, we would like to be able to implement a needle as a tool, as right. part of our practice, to better help patients. Yeah. There, It's gonna be just like the cupping situation where <laughs> there are a lot of things that as a PT, you are not going to then branch into right. um, when it comes to needling. Because yeah, acupuncturists in California have thousands of hours of experience in needling. Yeah. And so really, bottom line is it's a public safety issue. Yeah. So we need the education. Mm -hmm. I don't really think there's anything wrong with PTs adding that to their scope as long as it's properly done. You know, yeah. a weekend course is not an acceptable amount of time when not at all. acupuncturists <laughs> spend thousands of hours learning, you know, depth and angle and yep. gauge and all of these things to keep patients safe. Yeah. So, you know, even if there were a way to design a course for acupuncturists to be the ones who are like, hey, we'll give you some of these thousands of hours, let us sit with the PTs and educate you on right. medicine. But then it's another modality that another group of individuals who many people are already seeing yeah. can see the benefits of. And it would be very, I think, similar to with chiropractic where you're saying like, okay, yes, I understand how to do a little bit of manipulation, but you need a step further than this. Exactly. You need 10 steps further than exactly. this. Exactly. So I'm going to now have the knowledge of this modality that works and know when to refer you to an acupuncturist right. for more help. Because usually when I do a treatment that involves dry needling, it's like 10% of the treatment. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's like <laughs> I do it as a starting point. And right. yes, there's a lot of data on that, which is what's so amazing about dry needling. But that's only going to be the start of exactly. my very holistic treatment with a patient. Yeah. So no one, you know, in physical therapy is saying like, no, we want to be acupuncturists now. But it's a great mm. modality to be able to implement as long as it's educated on properly. Right. Just like all of these other intersects with different practices. Because yeah. I think at the end of the day, and we talk about this all the time, healthcare is changing. And we need more solutions for patients, particularly who are experiencing chronic issues. Big time. We don't have a solid setup in this country to deal with chronic disease. Right. And, you know, 20 years ago, it was not the same medical culture, health and wellness culture as we have now. Patients are much more informed and they need much more help. Right, so to right. be able to have all of these interdisciplinary practitioners working alongside each other, rather than like fighting for like, who can <laughs> keep people in their scope and I'm gonna stay over here, you're gonna yeah. stay over there. I think we need to be paying attention to what's coming down the pipeline with what patients really need and be more educated on what other practitioners can bring to the table and how can we collectively help with treating chronic disease right so 
how are you seeing healthcare changing? Well, I mean, it's interesting you, you talked about like the interdisciplinary, you know, we learn all these things when we're in grad school, you know, working with these other, you know, chiros and even like your primary care. But you know, in the real world, what, what we're lacking is, you know, when's the last time you took a chiro and an acupuncturist and a, you know, a physician and a physical therapist and put them in a room and had a discussion? Yes. Right? So these discussions don't happen enough, and, and that's one of the biggest issues. Another issue is because of the way healthcare is kind of framed at the moment, where we have really high cost um, insurance, but really low reimbursement for people like myself and like you as an acupuncturist, what we're seeing is we're seeing a decrease in quality of care because we're having to up the quantity of care in order to make sure that, you know, these. Uh, therapists are actually getting paid you know at the end of the day there's this huge discrepancy so what you find is um, these very you know I don't want to say generic clinics but let's say you're like uh, typical practices that accept insurance what's happening is they're shifting to seeing more clients per day not they have, to, to, pay they have to they literally they have overhead they I mean there's so many reasons why they need to do that but the issue is, is when you increase the number of clients you're seeing per day, that means the quality of care is definitely going down because you're not going to have enough time to, to truly, you know, uh, get to know them and give them quality care. Which is necessary in chronic disease and right. chronic pain yeah. in lifestyle medicine conditions, mm -hmm. like things that we didn't have to think about 25 years ago, like toxins <laughs> in our society. Toxins, yeah, lack of sleep. Sitting in front of a computer and mm -hmm. that's postural change, like all of these things that we were not prepared for. Right. And now we want to fit into a model that, you know, was seeing patients every 10 minutes. Yeah. It just doesn't give enough time to really get to the root of what's going on. And so you do see a lot of providers like ourselves who are pulling out of the insurance yep. model because we're more focused, okay, well, we have to figure out what's really going on with this patient, yeah. and I can't do that in 10 minutes. No, and it, so. it is it is hard sometimes because, you know, we, we're a cash-based clinic like you, and sometimes it's difficult because, you know, in a, in a perfect world, I would be able to accept insurance and still spend an hour with my client or, you know, a half hour, but it's just not realistic. And so I find myself constantly in this battle with, you know, what do we do to make sure that this is accessible for people? Because at the end of the day, I, I want to be able to make it affordable, but also, you know, make sure that we're able to cover all our cost as well. So that's going to be a constant battle that I think um, a lot of practitioners are going to be experiencing over the next, you know, few years until there's a change in the United States healthcare system. And right. um, so, you know, that is a challenge and, at the end of the day, I would say the positive thing about more cash-based clinics like ours is you can come to us directly. You don't need to see a, a PCP before. And you're not waiting for a referral. You're not waiting through. a referral. You're not, you know, three weeks nope. out. You can come directly to us. Yeah. And, and the other thing I've, I've noticed is I've had many, many clients come to me that have already spent tons of time and money seeing maybe their, their um, in-network provider and you know, seeing them two, three times a week at 75 bucks a copay. Well, already That's you're spending much more than just one session a week with myself, N not to mention you've already paid and spent time going to see your PCP in order right. to see that physical therapist. So what happens is even that, that wait between primary to going and seeing, um, you know, the acupuncturist or the, the PT is 
now that pain or whatever the dysfunction was, it actually may be even worse because you've spent two to three weeks just waiting to get and seen by someone. Yeah. Like I see a lot of my specialty deals with post-surgical care. Mm -hmm. And so in, you know, standard of care with that, you're having someone wait, you know, they have an orthopedic surgery and then, you know, for some reasons, necessary or not, they're waiting two months to get physical yeah. therapy. And I like to see them in that window because then they're being proactive in their health, they're getting pain relief, they're getting scar tissue reduction, they're getting set up better to go into physical therapy. Right. But like, God forbid, there's a delay with any of that. Right. Or you're in, you know, the traditional model that we have now and people are just trying to, you know, go with the flow. And I think right. another important thing to mention with the idea of having a cash-based practice, like you said, insurance costs are very high right now. Mm -hmm. And also there's a lot of hidden costs to that. Like if you come and see me, if you come and cost. see you, it's very clear yeah. you're going to be paying. <laughs> um, and yes, like that might mentally be hard to digest because you're thinking, well, I thought I always I have insurance for a reason I right. use it well you have insurance for your car you still pay for gas exactly so there's still a cost at maintaining your health right um, and you know what you're going to be paying whereas you know a friend of mine went used very good insurance for some medical care and then weeks later gets a bill for $700 in the month and it's <laughs> it's you know like surprise but that was you know your co-insurance Exactly. Um, and that's not always, you know, put out there up front. So there are benefits to having that, like, very clear pay at time of service. Right. Um, and also being able to then have the time to sit down with the patients. And even if they can't afford to come in a few times a week, and you can sit and say, okay, well, then what can we do outside of here that you can be doing proactively exactly. to extend your treatment, yeah. to supplement your treatment? I'm giving you exercises that you're going to be doing and you doing these twice a day is actually going to add to this. I don't need to coach you through this. Right. I will see you again in two weeks. Yeah. <laughs> our, our bodies are very good at healing themselves. You know, we yes. need we need facilitators like you and myself. But then at the end of the day, you really don't need to be seeing me at two, three times a week. You just don't. Uh, Another myth. Another myth, you, I, the, the general recommendation, two to three times a week for six to eight weeks. That is like one of the most standard recommendations. Like, no, people are individuals. Yeah, everyone's individual. And, you know, to be honest, when you do spend one-on-one -on -one time, that much time with a therapist, you know, 30 minutes, 60 minutes, take out all the, the BS, the all noise. the, yeah. yeah, you're actually going to get a lot done in that amount of time. And it, it's equivalent to those three visits a week or those two visits where you're really maybe spending 10, 15 minutes with the therapist. Um, so, you know. The power of personalized care. Yeah. And actually getting to know the patients that's sitting in front of you. Right. And again, we're just the educated guides. Yeah. They get to be the heroes in their own story. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I want every patient who sees me to feel empowered that right. when they leave the office, they're like, oh. Yeah. I have a whole toolbox of things that I'm going to take with me. Exactly. So, yeah. yeah. I know my goal is like, I always tell people, I don't want to see you all the time. I really like you, but I want, I want you to be able to actually, you know, not live here. Right. You know, of like empowering someone. Yeah. Getting them out of the office. So. Yeah. All right. Well, I, I loved this talk. Thank you me so too. much for coming. We're so aligned on so many things and we'll continue to see each <laughs> other and learn more about each other's professions. That's but, awesome. Um, any last words you want to leave speaker? I mean, we've said a lot. But we have said a lot. Any, you know, last tips, last anything? 
I would say don't let your negative experiences with you know healthcare providers totally um, you know change your perspective on the entire medical field. You know we all go into this for a reason. I didn't become a physical therapist for the money. <laughs> That's for sure. <laughs> you know I I became a physical therapist to truly help people, and I believe that most practitioners that was their intent. Mm -hmm. You know, um, so although it may be frustrating when you have a negative experience or maybe someone doesn't give you the time that you were hoping for, but just remember that, uh, you know, the circumstance on their end, whether it is that they're being forced to see numerous people per day or, you know, maybe maybe it's the issue is too complicated for them and they need to refer out. Who knows what it is, but, you know, try not to just, <laughs> yeah, doctors are people and, you uh, you know, issues. just take your time to research and really find someone that's a good fit for you, and that and would be feel my. Feel free to reach out to either one of us. We both know yes. a lot of people in a lot of places, a lot of competent people in our fields. Right. So I think we would both be happy to anyone who's listening who might be hesitant about you know re-entering the PT world, <laughs> the acupuncture world, where you know have yeah. help. So reach out. Yes, reach out. <laughs> All right, well, yes. Well, thank, thank you, you so much. much for coming. No. It was great to have you. <laughs> Thanks.